Hello and welcome to this, another edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you for joining me today as we continue to con- continue to consider the cross of Christ and the eternal aspect of it. I want to look back at the last verse of Scripture that I quoted in the last broadcast, and that was from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3, and these are the words of Christ. And he says, And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now I would like to read those those words in context of Scripture as they are recorded in the Gospel of John, starting in verse 1 of chapter 17. Now, if you want to pause the broadcast and get your Bibles, I encourage you to do so and read along with me. But the Word of God tells us here in verse 1 of John chapter 17, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now that that last statement before the world was reminds me of scripture that we quoted also in the last broadcast from Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. I want to quote the latter part of that verse. The word of God tells us in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Then I would like to turn over to first Peter again. First Peter uh, chapter one there in verse 18 through verse 20. The word of God tells us here for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from the your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Listen closely now, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily that word verily in the King James Version means truly who truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the lamb that was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for us. My friends, we are concentrating and focusing on the eternal aspect of the cross of Christ. In eternity past, according to the word of God, God anointed his son, chose his son. As a matter of fact, he is known by Messiah. He says Jesus Christ. Jesus was his name. Yahshua. Yahshua is salvation. Yahshua saved. Jesus, the one who would save his people from their sins. But Christ, Christ the Messiah. Messiah means the chosen or anointed one. God in eternity past anointed his son for a reason. And that was to pay the sin debt of the world in full by the shedding of his blood at a place called Calvary. Now let's look at this verse 3 in John chapter 17 closely. And this is life eternal. 
that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. Folks, for, life, for there to be life eternal, there must be an eternal death. God in his infinite wisdom, and we must understand that God is eternal. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. He's all-powerful. He's preeminent. But above all, he is holy. And he had to know in eternity past that man, his created image bearers, there in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, would fall into sin through disobedience and rebellion. He knew he had to know this because why else would he have foreordained? Why else would he have anointed his son in eternity past to die the death for the sins of the world? God knew that not only would they sin, but he knew that that sin would separate mankind from him. Adam and Eve were created, and we'll get to this as we continue to look at the cross of Christ in Genesis, but I want you to see something here, something very important we must grasp a hold of as we continue to study. God knew that they would be separated from him because of sin. God knew that you and I would be separated because we would inherit that sin nature. They were created perfect. They were God created Adam and breathed his breath into his nostrils. He breathed his life into him. God is the life giver, not the life taker. He is the life giver. Everything about him breathes life into everything that he uh, anoints. But listen, Adam was created and he was spiritually alive. When he rebelled against God and sinned, he died spiritually. And physical death and spiritual death entered into the human race through Adam. We will cover this, but I want you to see something here. Not only did God know that sin would enter into the human race, not only did he know that he would have to anoint his son in eternity past to pay your sin debt and my sin debt, but there was a reason for that because he knew in his holiness and his righteousness that he would have to judge our sins. Christ, it says over and over in the word of God, Christ will judge our sins. He is the judge. He is, all judgment has been given unto the Son, according to Christ. Uh, there in John chapter 5, the Father has placed all judgment into his hands. So we must understand something. You know, man is quick to to talk about and praise God for his heaven, but they will run and argue you down about God's judgment and a place called hell. We must understand that there is a penalty for our sin and our sin debt must be paid. If we do not allow Christ to destroy the sin in us by his blood sacrifice on Calvary's cross, then the sin in us will destroy us in eternity. James said in his epistle for it is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment man will stand before the holy and righteous god the holy and righteous judge jesus christ one day whether you have accepted this lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and placed your faith in him or not 
If you have not, you will stand before what's known as the great white throne judgment. There the books will be open, and another book will be open, which is the book of life, which was spoken of there in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. If your name is not recorded there, that means you rejected so great a salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. As it said right there, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Peter spoke of redemption by his blood. Redemption means a price paid to release from slavery or bondage. We are slaves to sin. We are in bondage to sin and Satan. And we are cast into the valley of the shadow of death and darkness because of our sin. And our sin separates us from God as we will see as we go along. God is, like I said, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's ever-present. But above all things, he's holy, and he can have no communion with sin. Therefore, we are eternally separated Him, separated from him because of the sin nature that we have, that we inherited from Adam there in the Garden of Eden. Folks, listen to me closely. We must understand that God will judge us. Now, he placed all the sins of the world on Christ at his cross. This is so important because we're talking about the cross of Christ. That is where your sin debt and my sin debt was paid in full and every drop of his blood that he shed into the ground there was to pay that sin debt and to make us righteous in him. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, speaking of God making Jesus uh, the Son sin for us, he said, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is the purpose of the cross. But let's look at this verse right here in John chapter 17, verse 3. Jesus said, and this is eternal, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Very important here. What is eternal life? According to this prayer of Jesus in these words here, it is knowing God personally. He's not speaking about just knowing about him, but having a personal relationship with him. And that personal relationship with God can only come through our faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord. We cannot know the Father apart from the Son. It is not enough simply to believe in God. I have heard say, I have asked men before, have they been saved? They say, yeah, or did they believe? They say, I believe there's a God. That's not enough. That is not enough. For this will never save one lost soul from an eternity in hell. According to James chapter 2, verse 19, he says, Thou believest that there is, a, is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils, the demons also believe that there is God, a God and tremble. No, we must have a personal relationship. When he says that about knowing the one true God, knowing thee, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, that speaks of faith. If you remember in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I want to remind you of these. These are the verses that we uh read as we began this series on the cross of Christ. 
He says, wherefore, in verse 1, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our what? Our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Folks, I want to bring your attention there to verse 1, wherefore. That word wherefore takes us back to the previous chapter. In the previous chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, which talks about the heroes of the faith and talks about the power of faith. And it says right here in verse 11, uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The things not seen, the things hoped for that are unseen. Folks, whether you want to accept that God must judge sin or not, whether you must, whether you want to accept the fact that Christ died for you on the cross, that is your decision. That is your personal responsibility, and it's called placing your faith in him and him alone. Just knowing about him is not enough. You must completely place your faith in him. He says right here in verse 6 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God, listen now, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. My friends, you can believe this or not. And my prayer is that if you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would believe, that you would have faith. Jesus, in his debate with the uh, spiritual leaders of his day there in John chapter 8, made it very clear that people may be devoutly religious and still not know God. There's a possibility there's people sitting in the pews of churches that have been there their whole life and think that's going to get them to heaven. Eternal life is not something we can earn by our character or conduct. It is a gift we receive by admitting we are sinners and repenting and believing on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It is by repenting of our sins, understanding humbly by the holy before a holy and righteous God that we are spiritually destitute and dead in our sins and that the only way of eternal life is to believe, to have faith in Jesus Christ our Lord and his cross and his finished redemptive work there. Remember what I said, redemption, we're, re we're redeemed by his blood, as Peter said there in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Christ lived a perfect life here on earth and set the example for us to live. Now, there's not a one of us born that can live sinless, but he did. He was without sin, and he died the blemished, spotless uh, 
blemish-free sacrifice for us on Calvary's cross that he might pay God's righteous judgment and God's righteousness and his holiness in full in his blood. He paid the price to release us from the bondage of sin and slavery of sin and Satan. My friends today, understand that you must know, you must believe in God, the one true God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent to have eternal life. Without that, you face an eternity, an eternal death in a place called hell. And don't think that you're going to be sent there and you're going to be disintegrated as some believe. No, you will be resurrected in the end. You will be given a body that's suited for that place. It's called the lake of fire and it's called the second death. Those terms are synonymous in the word of God and it lasts for an eternity. But not only that, you will be in the lake of fire where the fire is not quenched and, and the worm dieth not. You will be tormented in those flames and you will be looking for a way out but then it will be too late if you die right now with their crush it's too late you must receive him today today is the day of salvation you must place your faith solely in him right now don't wait you're not guaranteed another tomorrow you're not guaranteed another second James said our life is even like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You cannot see a vapor and it is temporary at best. Our life is so fragile. We must understand that the only way to have life and have life eternal is through placing our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord and his cross. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to the next time that we can share in the word from the word of God. God bless.